the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Happy Tuesday, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. This is breaking today in an exclusive from the National Pulse. The headline reads, New Fauci Zuckerberg emails reveal offer of data reports to aid lockdown policies, vaccine development. This is a huge story and we are going to break it down. But first, the Biden administration has caused a financial crisis and they have no clue how to fix it. Oil prices have skyrocketed. And when oil prices go up, not only do your expenses go up, but the cost of transportation and shipping spikes, leading the prices of goods to rise. And we're already seeing record inflation. And that is the very last thing that we need. Our economy is in trouble and you need to take steps to protect yourself. If all of your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you may be vulnerable. So gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Talk to one of their specialists who can counsel you through your particular situation. Call Legacy at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download the free investor's guide. So this explosive story from the National Pulse, new Fauci Zuckerberg emails reveal offer of data reports to aid lockdown policies, vaccine development. This is just insane. I mean, and, and it just confirms what we have known all along and what Senator Marsha Blackburn has been saying, that there is collusion going on between big tech and Dr. Fauci and the government. And so, you know, we want to talk about Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, here's the collusion right here. So in this story by Natalie Winters, who joins me in just a moment, in private emails between Mark Zuckerberg and Anthony Fauci obtained exclusively by the National Pulse, the Facebook founder and CEO offered to send data reports to users uh, on users to facilitate decisions about COVID-19 lockdowns. The revelation is a stark example of how big tech corporates and government can easily collude using user data to restrict the liberties of the general public. In the exchange, Zuckerberg insists, quote, I want to make sure you have all the resources you need to expedite the development of a vaccine. So one of the co-writers, along with our good friend Raheem Kassam, is Natalie Winters, and she joins me now exclusively. Natalie, thanks so much for coming on The Jenna Ellis Show. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah. So uh, tell us more about this story. What exactly is going on? You can read the emails uh, in your piece, but this is just shocking. Sure. So these emails we obtained via a Freedom of Information Act request. I filed it a few months back. And as anyone knows, bureaucracy and the government, they're not very quick. But we managed to get these emails back through the Department of Health and Human Services, specifically the National Institutes of Health. Actually, just yesterday, uh, we put the story up today and it reveals private correspondence, or at least until now they were private, between, of course, Mark Zuckerberg, who is the CEO and founder of Facebook, and Anthony Fauci. Now, these emails uh, come from April 2020. So just to kind of put everyone in that time frame, that was, you know, peak campaign. Um, there was so, so much going on with regard to the pandemic and restriction and masks and vaccinations. Um, but what's so interesting and frankly, I think so disheartening about this email exchange is, you know, you hit the nail on the head. People love to look overseas to look for collusion, but unfortunately, we have some right here at home, and that is between government and the private sector, and specifically these big tech corporations. Um, I think we've also probably seen some some collusion going on at the hands of pharmaceutical companies. But in this email exchange, we we really see, I think, some of our worst conspiracy theories uh, and really concerns be represented in the fact that you see the leader of a, of a corporation that is Facebook um, offering to extend his resources, extend money. He says, quote, data reports, that is on, on users, much like myself, much like you, really anyone who's probably listening to this podcast and has a Facebook account, um, to be sending data, whatever kind of data they want, um, to the offices of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases that would then influence the type of policies uh, that the government was putting out with regard to, to lockdowns and mask mandates. And I think, to me, the, the real kicker here, uh, you obviously did amazing work on the 2020 election, and followers of yours may know the story of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which was this organization that received, I mean, nearly half a billion dollars um, from the Chan Zuckerberg initiative. And we know those donations were not altruistic. They were intent on securing a victory for Joe Biden. And it was that very same foundation, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, that helped to sway the 2020 election that was offering these resources to Anthony Fauci to help influence these policies. So long story sh short, they probably weren't trying to influence these policies to help all Americans. Um, they were doing it to curate certain policies in the style that they wanted, um, which, as we know from the, I would say, authoritarian tendencies uh, of people who work at these big tech corporation giants would 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 not be uh, in line with defending civil liberties. This is just this is horrific. And I think you're right that it shows and reveals uh, how big tech uh, is is the collusion machine at home, even though uh, they're trying to obviously represent themselves as some kind of altruistic company and um, to say, oh, we're not the arbiters of truth. That was Mark Zuckerberg not that long ago. But now he is using information from users to go and secure and, and help um, a victory for then candidate Joe Biden. And so, Natalie, um, from a practical standpoint, as users of Facebook, you know, who are listening to the show, I think you're right, that pretty much would, would probably cover everyone who's listening to this. What type of data would they be curating and how just give me a practical example of how uh, this was working. 
Sure. So we don't really know. And that is, of course, by design, because a lot of the emails that we obtained were very heavily redacted. I mean, it's actually very interesting to get into, I think, just a shroud of secrecy and lies that surround this entire collusion between big tech and Anthony Fauci and the government. Um, there was a lawsuit filed by the Daily Caller News Foundation against the Department of Health and Human Services to try to expedite one of these Freedom of Information Act requests. And the rationale that they were given as to why they needed a long time, probably way, you know, 20 years in the future uh, to actually return some of these emails between Anthony Fauci and others was because they said that Anthony Fauci needed to personally review every single email. But then Anthony Fauci has also said repeatedly in interviews that he actually has, quote, no control over the email release process. So there's something certainly interesting going on there with regards to the, the lies and just the misinformation, to, to steal a word from the left, with regard to the process of releasing this information. But from what we do have available through these emails, which again, you can read at the National Pulse, we have the documents up there, um, he talks about aggregate data reports. Uh, again, very, very vague. So it would be up to Anthony Fauci, but I think the, the buried lead of this art of this email rather that to me is the most concerning part is the final sentence of the second paragraph where uh, Mark Zuckerberg writing to Anthony Fauci says if there are other aggregate data resources that you think would be helpful let me know in other words a blank slate whatever Anthony Fauci wanted from the platform that is Facebook and as you well know Facebook also owns a lot of other messaging applications I believe Instagram too so there's it's a it's a very large wheelhouse um, but that was some some of the resources that, that they were talking about. But then on the other the other part of the email, which had to do with vaccine development, uh, in my estimation, that probably probably would have come, come from the Chan Zuckerberg initiative, which as we were briefly talking about before, really helped to secure a victory or an alleged victory for Joe Biden um, in 2020. But what's really interesting about that um, is that the Chan Zuckerberg initiative has been strategically plowing money into very, very, I would say, interesting but consequential figures with regard to the origins of COVID-19. Uh, in 2020, they spent about a half a million dollars. They gave it to a researcher by the name of Ralph Barrick, which is probably not a household name, but this is an individual who repeatedly collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on these type of gain-of-function uh, style studies, which had to do with making these viruses more deadly to humans. And what was so interesting uh, uh, is that amidst his very controversial role in the origin story of COVID-19, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative gave him money to help develop cures to COVID-19. And on the other side of that, we saw some of these Facebook fact checkers, which, as, as you know, are, are probably the worst people on, on planet Earth. And I'm sure many people listening to this podcast have probably had unfortunate interactions with them. You've been seeing articles that you share get taken down or flagged for extremist content. Um, but the fact checkers, again, these Facebook fact checkers were intervening on stories that were critical of Ralph Barrick. So I'm sure this is probably a lot of information and your, your listeners are, are probably a little confused, but I think that that gets to the heart of the issue. It's There's such an overload and just so many conflicts of interest. Every corner, every page you turn, um, there's just another layer of, of really, I think, convoluted decision-making. And just, as I said, conflict of interest, layers upon layers upon layers. Yeah. Well, and I, I think we're all a little bit confused as to mm -hmm. how this could have happened and how we are just now, only because of these FOIA requests, uncovering the truth. Because 
Um, one of the other things that's in this article is talking about how uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn raised the matter earlier this year. And Fauci, speaking of misinformation, he denied knowledge of the interactions with Mark Zuckerberg. And so you have a quotation from uh, Fauci on June 9th, 2021 on MSNBC saying, quote, I don't have a clue what she, Marsha Blackburn, just said. I don't have a clue what she's talking about. I have no idea what she's talking about. I have no idea what she's talking about. And now only through these Freedom of Information Act requests is the truth being uncovered. We can't trust Fauci or anyone to tell the truth, including these so-called fact checkers. There was a report just yesterday that um, in the midst, in in the course of an unrelated lawsuit, that Facebook's defense of, on their fact checkers is, the, is that they're merely opinion makers. And so if they're admitting that they're just opinion driven, they're not fact driven and they are arbiters of truth. So why are, why is it taking this long, Natalie, to get to the truth of the cover-ups, the collusion, and the campaigning, really, that occurred for Joe Biden on behalf of big tech from uh, starting probably very early on, even well before uh, the pandemic in February 2020, until now? Well, I, I think the answer to that question lies in a couple similarities that I think there are between Anthony Fauci and these Facebook fact checkers, and that is that their modus operandi is to, of course, lie and to masquerade as people who aren't acting with political motivations. Um, and what I mean by that, Anthony Fauci is obviously going to lie about the origins of COVID-19 because he very well knows the origins of COVID-19 because his National Institutes of Health Agency funneled millions of dollars to groups that were carrying out research with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, and, and very interesting on, on the, the fact checker front, um, at the National Pulse, for over a year now, we've been doing some very deep investigation into who exactly these people are. I think, you know, as Anthony Fauci is to the real world and COVID-19 restrictions, these fact checkers kind of play the role of Anthony Fauci in the digital tech world, right? They get to decide what you say. They get to decide, decide who has a platform and who doesn't. Um, and one of these, the, the lead companies, which I, I believe was involved uh, in that court case you were referencing, uh, it's by the name goes by the name of Lead Stories, and it's not just that Lead Stories is on the payroll of ByteDance, which is of course the parent company of the Chinese Communist Party-linked social media platform TikTok. Uh, that's certainly some foreign collusion and a conflict of interest going on there with regard to the origins of COVID-19. But we've done deep analysis into who comprises the staff at Lead Stories, and of every single penny that has been sent to candidates from people who work at this company. Again, this apparently or the supposedly you know altruistic, independent, nonpartisan group, uh, every single penny has gone to Democrats. And collectively, between every person who works there, there's about 120 years of experience working as journalists at CNN. So that tells you a little bit about what they think the media should be, what they think truth is. And, and a lot of these people, one of them actually used to work or intern at the DNC. And this is the group, um, again, lead stories that Facebook wants you to believe is an independent arbiter of fact, much like they want you to believe that Anthony Fauci is an independent arbiter of whether it's COVID-19 origins or even COVID-19 restrictions. And, and believe me, his hands are certainly tied up when it comes to the origins of COVID-19. As I said, he funded a lot of this research that either directly or indirectly led to, to the creation of this virus. And I'm sure on, on the other side, too, you know, there's a lot of conflicts of interest with regard to these big pharmaceutical companies and law lobbyists and people who are working at the NIH. Um, so I think it just gets to the, the, the bigger issue is that, you know, truth is not truth today. It's, it's very muddled and muddied by 
a lot a lot of conflicts of interest, whether they're coming from the corporate sector, by Facebook, uh, by these pharmaceutical giants, or even the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, in truth, I think you're absolutely right, Natalie, that truth to the left is shaping the narrative and the reality that they prefer. They don't have uh, truth in the sense that we are trying to uncover that and discover it. They are trying to mold and shape it. And so they're using all of this social media. They're using all of their connections, their collusions, their quote-unquote fact checkers, all of this to shape the reality that they prefer. And that's not journalism. That's cultivation. It's propaganda. Um, it's programming. And so for people who are, um, you know, like your average person, I mean, my mom is on Facebook for crying out loud. You know, it's like for all of these, all of these people, People who are not um, maybe super engaged necessarily in politics, but want to connect with friends and use social media like we have to um, in the 21st century. It's really frustrating, I think, for the average American to look at stories like this and look at the uncovering of the truth like this and realize that they've been taken advantage of. And I think there is a an awareness and, a, and an awakening of the American people that recognize that news is not news anymore and they have to be perpetually on guard to look at what stories are being given to them but actually try to parse out the difference between cultivating a narrative versus reporting facts. And that's why places like the National Pulse, uh, like alternative media, um, and alternative, of course, from, you know, big legacy media from the left and everybody who's only promoting um, certain angles on the stories that they cultivate are so important. And so um, so talk to me in just the last few minutes we have here, um, because this is such a great story, and I, and I love the work that you and Raheem are doing at the National Pulse. Um, talk to me about the perspective of um, journalism and the journalism ethic that you both and, you know, and everyone at the National Pulse is trying to bring and why it's so important um, to bring just the the report of and, and report the facts. I mean, like our good friend James O'Keefe is doing that with Project Veritas. John Solomon, I think, is one of the few uh, really solid investigative reporters in D.C. Um, with just the news. I mean, there are very there are a few, but they are very few. So um, what is your aim and goal at the National Pulse? Pulse, and um, I, I think people should read the National Pulse and subscribe to it. Yes, you you are very correct, and thank you for saying that about the National Pulse. That true investigative reporters, I think, are an endangered species in uh, in Washington D.C. Um, and and I, I share that frustration. I think with regard to finding news sources that will will tell you the truth, give you these primary sources, these raw documents to really make your own own decisions. And these fact checkers have introduced a whole other layer of trying to really come to informed conclusions about what reality is, because now it's not just, oh, do I need to read this article? It's now I need to read this article and the fact check on it and, you know, analyze where these conflicts of interest are coming from. But I think in that kind of struggle, you know, it's easy to get mad. But to me, I in some ways find hope in that because, you know, the establishment, these people who are trying to keep these narratives, whether it's the origins of COVID-19 under lock and key, shows you how weak they are and how wobbly their narratives are, right? They wouldn't need this, you know, multi-layer, multi-pronged defense effort from the fact checkers to offering millions of dollars to all these, you know, weird corporations masquerading as kind of de facto arms of the government uh, to spread these narratives 
if they weren't kind of on, on their heels, if they weren't on the back foot. So to me, I find hope in that. And that's really what motivates us at the National Pulse, which is that the truth cuts through. And yes, there is a number of people like Mark Zuckerberg, like Anthony Fauci, who don't, I think, understand the way, you know, American government was set up, the, the republic that we live in, that it is supposed to be a limited government that doesn't get to tell you what you need to do with your body, um, that you have to wear masks, and all the restrictions that we've been faced with in, in the past few years, which seems like an eternity. Um, but most Americans don't agree with that. And when you give them these raw documents, when, you know, these FOIA requests, when we can see this information and get it out there, these stories go viral because it confirms the narratives that everyone in their heart knows to be true. And the only reason why they're not seeing that reality reflected on, you know, say CNN, MSNBC is because, again, it all goes back to these conflicts of interests, not wanting to bite the hand that feeds you, whether that's pharmaceutical companies or the federal government and Anthony Fauci. So I think people just need to really stay vigilant, but also kind of see the hope uh, and how and how weak and how wobbly, really, the establishment and really the legacy media outlets are with their narratives that they're trying to push on the American people. Yeah, well, I think people are waking up, and it's because of journalists uh, like you, Natalie Winters, that are willing to do this work and willing to uh, go and tell the truth and report the facts, uh, even when there's so much that is against you on this. So I applaud your work. You can go and read uh, Natalie's story at the National Pulse, um, the Fauci Zuckerberg emails. That is up. I've retweeted the story. Also, follow Natalie uh, at Natalie G. Winters on Twitter. And uh, Natalie, thanks so much for coming on today. We'll look forward to talking uh, with you and following this story. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. And, you know, you may be wondering, friends, you know, why even then continue on on social media? I mean, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, all of those things. And my caution to you would be use these as tools. Understand that these are tech companies that are going to be against you. They're going to be against conservatives. They're against truth. They're not viewpoint neutral. They're not going to be the fact checkers. They are the arbiter of what they consider truth. So it so people ask me all the time, well, well, you know, if you hate Twitter so much and you think it's, you know, such a cesspool, which it is, by the way, um, then why don't you just get off? Well, because I'm using it in a way, and if they kick me off, you know, fine, but they're going to have to kick me off and censor me. I'm not going to do their job for them and censor myself. But what I am going to do is be smart about it. I don't post a lot of personal information. I used to back in the day. You know, Facebook does have some data on me from, you know, years and years ago when I was one that, you know, would post kind of, you know, the status updates of where I am, what I'm doing uh, before I got really super involved in national politics. But now um, that's why I haven't even revealed and won't ever my vaccine status. Why? Because it is nobody's business. And I am not going to be a statistic for anyone to call for anyone to say, oh, well, then that's why your opinion is this or that. I am going to always speak truth, but I'm going to also be smart about what data I am sharing. And so um, so just as a as a caution to everyone out there, I mean, if you want to stay on these platforms, it's I think it's kind of necessary in the 21st century, especially if you're a young person. Um, you need to have some of these things. I get a lot of information and see a lot of these stories. I saw this story on the National Pulse today um, because Raheem sent it to me on Twitter. And, you know, could he have texted it to me? Sure. But, you know, some of these things I see scrolling because I follow very specific key people to get news from that I want to know, okay, what are they looking at? I don't go to CNN or Fox, you know, for my news. 
news. I look at what um, what these sources are providing, what they tweet about, uh, what stories they share. And so it's important to be engaged in these platforms, um, in my opinion, but be smart about it and realize that anything you post – Despite what the the little disclaimers say that, you know, hey, Facebook, you're now on notice. You can't use any of my information. Well, sorry, you've already given all of that up once you've signed the user's uh, terms and conditions. So recognize anything that you post, you don't own anymore. And they can use and how they're colluding here and they're hiding stuff from the American public of how a big tech is interacting with government like Anthony Fauci. That's a very different question. And we're going to follow this story because there are a lot of legal implications here. Natalie's absolutely right. It's a conflict of interest in a lot of different ways. But for you as the average American and for you wanting to engage in social media, if you do, be smart about it. Know that everything that you post, people have the receipts, they're going to come back, they can use all of your data and your information, so be smart about it. And make sure that you understand that when you sign up for these platforms, you understand that big tech is going to be monitoring that. So um, so that's my only caution as, as the last uh, part of this. But, you know, this is a huge story, and I hope that you go and read it at the National Pulse. So before I go, I also want to talk to you about the cultural impact of standing up and refusing to be canceled, like my good friend Mike Lindell. He has been canceled out of box stores. He has been completely harangued off of social media And he refuses to give up. I saw him last week in Florida, had a great time. He is one of the most incredibly God-fearing patriots um, that I've ever met. And I'm really glad that he and I are friends and that he is a sponsor of this show. So as you are thinking about Christmas and as you are getting ready to uh, do some last-minute Christmas shopping, uh, definitely don't wait too long because, you know, hey, supply chain and all of the – all of the FedEx deliveries and some of those things, you know, can uh, can be delayed. So definitely today, go to MyPillow.com. There is a lot of uh, great products from Mike Lindell. There's MyPillows. There's the mattress toppers. There's robes. There's slippers. There are weighted blankets. I have one. I love it. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Jenna. That will let Mike know that you heard about uh, these great discounts on this show and that you are happy that he is a sponsor of this show, and we are proud to stand with him and encourage him in speaking truth and not backing down to cancel culture. So go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code Jenna, that's J-E-N-N-A, and I will see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.